Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing really well, um, all things considered. Um, we're in the fourth talk in our series um, entitled Gospel Rich and Healthy Community. And we're in the second week of our G series, which is God is and a different G word every week. Um, last week, uh, Stuart brought us God is great, so we don't have to be in control. And this week, the topic is God is glorious, so we don't need to fear others. So let's break down this title a bit. So glorious, what does it mean? Well, glorious comes from the word glory. And it means the way something or someone truly is. The ultimate reality of something or someone. And actually, the root meaning in Hebrew is weight or heaviness. And so what is God's glory? What is God's ultimate reality? Well, we see lots of examples in the Bible of, of God's glory. Um, one of them is Exodus 19, uh, where God descends on the mountain. Um, let's read a bit of that. Exodus 19, verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. So we see this incredible picture of God's glory here. The cloud descends on top of the mountain. There's earthquakes, lightning, thunder, and what's more, there's trumpet blasts coming from the air. So this would have been an extremely overwhelming and um, terrifying thing for the Israelites to witness. And we see uh, their reaction in the next chapter, and it's pretty understandable. Um, verse uh, Chapter 20. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. So to witness God's glory, um, the Israelites were initially terrified. However, um, Moses tells them to not be afraid, but then he uses this phrase, the fear of God. He wants them to have the fear of God. So obviously this is different to being afraid. The fear of God is something different to terror or being scared of something. So what is it? Um, well, the, this phrase, the fear of God, is used often throughout the Bible. Um, Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, so what is the fear of the Lord? Well, I think a really good example of this is actually in Revelation 4. Let me read a bit of that. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, 
and by your will they were created and have their being. So we see that the fear of God is realizing who he is, having reverence and giving him the glory and honor that he deserves. Um, so it's not like terror or being scared, but rather it's like reverence and respect. So the second part of our, uh, of our topic today says, so we don't have to fear others. So what does this mean? What's the fear of others actually mean? Well, the Bible actually uses this phrase called the fear of man. So what does the fear of man mean? Well, I found this interesting definition online. Um, and it says, The fear of man is defined as an epidemic of the soul that can be characterized by peer pressure, worry, and codependency. It is the act of placing others before God in one's life. I think... Uh, the biggest way that this plays out in our lives today um, is in, in two ways. And that's seeking approval and avoiding disapproval. So firstly, seeking approval. Um, so this is where we actively seek the, the, the approval of an individual. And we go out of our way. Um, we spend our time and our resources to gain this person's approval. It's really important to us. It's really weighty. Um, normally, this is just a few people in your life. It's not heaps of people. I was reflecting on this, on who this is for me, and uh, I realized that it could be a father figure for me, um, or often it's musicians that I admire and respect. Um, and the way I know that is I can find myself being a different person when I'm around these musicians. I really want their approval. I really want them to like me. So I act differently. And so that's a sign of fearing of man. Um, uh, a few uh, months ago, I was at a music festival and, and as I was driving home from it, I was reflecting that I was a different person that weekend than who I normally am. I wasn't myself. And I was trying to figure out what was going on there. Um, and it was actually upon reflecting on it, I realized that I really sought one of these musicians approval. I wanted them to like how I played. Um, I wanted them to think that I was cool. And so that was my priority and that would and that made me act differently to how I normally would. Um, I didn't take opportunities to be honest about um, who I am as a Christian, about my Christian faith. And this really kind of got to me to the point where I actually went to Dave and said, um, this is what I'm struggling with and I, I want to be myself when I'm in these different contexts. And uh, so he kind of, we prayed through it and he, we talked through it. And then um, he said, I want you to preach on this topic of uh, the fear of man, which I thought was funny because I feel like <laughs> I struggle with it a lot. And what Dave said, it's a good thing to preach on things you struggle with. So anyway, here we are. Um, so I wonder, one, I wonder who this person is for you. Reflect for a moment. Um, who is this person that you try and seek approval from? It could be a friend, a boss, a father figure, or someone you really admire. Um, and an indication is that you do act differently around this person to who you normally are. Um, and if they're not a Christian, you may avoid letting them know that you are a Christian. Um, so that's a, a sign of that. Um, so why do we do it? Uh, why do we fear man? Um, well, I think the answer is that we actually think that these people are glorious. We think that they're weighty and important. And we want them to approve of us so that we 
feel glorious, that we feel important. Because um, ultimately our sinful hearts want glory for ourselves, not for God. Now the other side of the coin is that we want to avoid disapproval. Uh, and we go out of our way to avoid disapproval, whether this is on social media or, or anywhere else. Often it's people we don't know. We don't want to be disapproved by anybody. Um, for me, I realize that I say sorry all the time really quickly um, without for things that I don't need to be sorry for. Even if I just like move out of the way of someone at the shopping center, my default is to say sorry and I haven't even inconvenienced them. And that's because I, I fear um, disapproval from anybody, even people I don't know. Um, and so, and there's a whole bunch of other symptoms um, of the fear of man. Here are some up on the screen there. Um, susceptibility to peer pressure. Concerns with self-esteem. Needing something more from a spouse or friend. Being overcommitted because we can't say no. Fear of being exposed. Small lies or exaggerations to make yourself look good. Comparisons to others. People make you jealous, angry, depressed or anxious. You avoid confrontation. You crave approval. You behave differently around certain people. You pretend or hide your true self. So you might relate to certain things on this number you might struggle with. Um, symptoms of the fear of man. I asked my DNA guys you know, night, um, for examples of when they've experienced the fear of man. And they had some really helpful and honest things that they share. Um, one of them was, uh, one of them said, I draw into myself and don't want to share any of myself, let alone that I'm a Christian. I fear being vulnerable in any way. Another guy said, I overthink uh, social interactions for days after, mulling over it to the point where it's crippling. Um, another guy said, joining gossiping about another person um, in order to be part of the group to be accepted. Um, another good one was, I feel such a heavy weight from my professional identity, as in my career, that it seriously hampers my ability to be myself. So you might relate to some of those things. So what's the actual root of this problem though? In this series, we've been looking at this diagram, fruit to root, where we identify what the root of the sin is, so they, then we can repent of it, and then ask for the Spirit to help us to change. So what's the root of today's problem? Well, I think the problem is, in these moments, um, the weight of fearing others is heavier than the weight of God. Um, the gloriousness of God on one side, and the fear of man on the other. It's like a scale. Think about it like scales, alright? So, gloriousness of God, His weight, and then the fear, and then a human on the other side that you fear. And uh, so in these moments throughout our everyday life, the scales are happening. And, uh, and often what happens is we fear man more um, and we put aside the glory of God. And so that becomes more important and more heavy. Um, but when you actually think about it, it's ludicrous, isn't it? You think about the God uh, on Mount Sinai, the glory of that um, compared to a little human. And it's actually absurd that we... Uh, that we put aside the glory of God, that we think that it's more important to approve, to get approval from a human. But yet we do. Um, so what's the solution? Like, we may intellectually know that God is glorious and he's far more important 
than a human. However, um, how do we actually live that out? Like, how do we, we feel that? Well, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So we see here that Jesus is the representation of the glory of God. He is the reality of God's glory. Um, and so we see that Jesus is the key to understanding God's glory. So what is it about Jesus um, that helps us? Well, the biggest tangible expression of God's glory is when Jesus goes to the cross. And that may sound strange when you say it up front. Why is that an expression of God's glory? Well, Jesus sheds his glory. He allows humans to spit on him to mock him, and ultimately to crucify him, which is the most humiliating of deaths in the ancient world. Um, and so he sheds his glory. There's no glory in that. There's no glory in letting little, little humans spit on you um, when you're the God of the universe. However, he sheds that. And why does he do that? Well, in dying upon the cross, Jesus takes the punishment for our sin in our lives. And so that when the Father looks at us, He sees us as pure and clean. He actually sees us as glorious because He doesn't see our sin anymore. Jesus takes a punishment for that. So God sees us as glorious, as our true selves, free from sin. And so this is the most amazing expression of God's glory. He allows us to share in it. It's pretty awesome. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For, for the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It's an amazing little passage in 2 Corinthians, and we learn a couple of things about um, seeing God's glory in Jesus through it. So first of all, in the first bit, we see that the gospel displays the glory of Christ. So it's in the gospel, it's dwelling on the gospel, it's speaking the gospel that we see the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Secondly, we see that God has made His light shine in our hearts and that we have the knowledge of God's glory within us. And so the Spirit, this is the Spirit, He dwells in our hearts and He illuminates um, the glory of God within us, the knowledge of that, so we know it. And you may, um, But you might be saying, oh, that's all well and good. And when you say it and you remind me of Jesus like on a Sunday or whatever, I feel it. But then I go about my... Um, average week 
I do all the things I do in my week and it just doesn't, it's not tangible. I'm not feeling the weight of God's glory. And yeah, this is true. And it's because our hearts are fickle and our hearts forget. Our hearts need constant reminding of the glory of God um, that is in the gospel. Um, and so we need to dwell on the gospel daily, if not more, um, so that we do feel the weight of God's gloriousness. But thankfully, God doesn't just leave us to kind of do this alone. Um, he provides community around us. Um, and this whole kind of year, we've been looking at community and the blessing that that is, the gift that that is. And, uh, and here, I think, is the most important thing that we see. Um, is that the role of community is to speak the gospel into each other's lives, um, to remind each other of the gloriousness of God. And we do that uh, at the gathering, um, when we can gather all together. Um, we can speak the gospel to one another. We do it in our gospel communities. And, uh, and we also do it in our DNA groups. And for those that don't know, our DNA groups are small groups of three to four people that, that meet up during the week and pray and read the Bible and be vulnerable with one another. And I actually think it's in the DNA groups where this is key. Um, it's in the DNA groups where we need to be honest with one another about our sin and where we've fallen short. And then we need to speak the gospel into each other's lives and pray for one another. So if you're not in a, a DNA group at the moment, might I encourage you to join one or to form one um, within your GC? Uh, because I think that uh, that's an amazing way to remind each other of the gospel and illuminate the glory of God within our hearts. And that means as we go about our week, and when those moments come where we might be fearing man, and we have and the scales are there, you know, we will feel the weight of God's glory, and then we won't fear man. Uh, and the more that we remind each other of the gospel and pray for one another, the more we can do this. And obviously, we rely on the Holy Spirit to do this in our hearts. But by speaking the gospel to one another, we remind each other of, um, of, of God's glory. And so, the gospel is key. The gospel is key to feeling God's and understanding God's gloriousness. So look to Jesus, his death and resurrection, to see the gloriousness of God. And if you dwell on that, the fear of others will just be irrelevant. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are glorious. We thank you for the many examples throughout history where you demonstrate that. But mostly, Lord, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, that he came and died and rose again for us. And that's the greatest expression of your glory, Lord. And through that, we can know you, Father. And Father, I pray that you would help us um, to remind each other of the gospel and to help each other in our walk so that we can live our true identity in Jesus Christ. We can live that out during the week, Lord. Please help us with that by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.